This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's our pre-Super Bowl show, but that also means it's post-Hall of Fame announcements. Uh, one good story, one bad story about the Hall of Fame, so we're going to get into that today. Also, what is the... Um, Hall of Fame mean when you have a guy from your own team going in? Uh, probably means you're playing in the Hall of Fame game, so we'll talk about that too, uh, and all kinds of stuff. He is Daryl. I'm Andy. Daryl, uh, first of all, let's start with Joe Thomas, first ballot guy into the Hall of Fame. Thoughts? Yeah, not the least bit surprised. Very well-deserved. Um, Joe Thomas was a Hall of Famer, not only on the field, one of the most dominant players uh, at his position in the game, but he was also a Hall of Famer off the field too. And uh, it, it's unfortunate, and uh, you know we, we've touched on it already. We'll touch on it more. It will be uh, uh, somewhat of an underlying theme uh, with his induction: uh, the lack of success that the Browns had while he was here. Uh, they only won uh, 48 games uh, with him at left tackle. Ten of those games came uh, with him as a rookie. So uh, that that part of it is, is tragic because it was his talents were wasted in Cleveland, but it's. Uh, beyond outstanding to see him uh, get recognized and uh, and receive this honor. And I'm really looking forward to the first week of August down in Canton, Ohio. Yeah, can you kind of picture what that's going to be like? I had people last night asking me for tickets or how do we get tickets or how is that going to go? I mean, I was I was shocked at the number of texts I got last night about people saying, well, I can't wait. I want to go to this, this induction ceremony. It's been a long time coming. I can't wait to see. Just it doesn't even matter that it's Joe. I hate to say that. It's a matter of the fact that there's a member of the Cleveland Browns going in, and that we've got this uh, unbelievable place in our own backyard that I think sometimes we forget about. And then to see one of our own, you know, just have to make that quick hour and fifteen minute move from the lakefront down to Canton to be enshrined uh, is something special. And you know, we just haven't had a whole lot of special things since 1994. So uh, when you look at this, this has to be a highlight. And you know, you go back and think about the show and the award show and how meaningful it must have been 
uh, for Joe last night, especially because he probably knew for a little while before that he was getting in. So uh, I'm happy for him. I'm excited for the franchise. Um, Is there more to come? Yeah, I think this is going to be a great celebration. This could be the year of Joe. Oh, absolutely. And here, here's some uh, information for fans regarding Hall of Fame weekend. Um, This is from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Travel and VIP packages for enshrinement weekend will be available online uh, through on location Friday, February 17th, starting at noon. Um, they also, the uh, individual tickets for the hall of fame game, uh, which I do believe the Cleveland Browns will be participants in that's not official. Uh, but it just, it makes too much sense not to have the Browns in the game. So be ready for that. Uh, the class of 2023 enshrinement, the enshrinees gold jacket dinner. Those are going on sale in the coming weeks. Also, uh, the concert for legends, uh, and I believe, uh, that's a Zach Brown band this year. Those tickets are on sale now, and you can get those at hofvillage.com. Here's what the calendar looks like, Andy, real quick, for enshrinement week. Uh, August 3rd, of course, the Hall of Fame game, teams to be determined. My picks right now, Browns versus Jets. The Jets have two Hall of Famers, the Browns, of course, with Joe Thomas. So uh, if I were to... Uh, uh, place a bet on what that matchup would be. I would say it's going to be Browns and Jets. Again, that's not official. That's my opinion. Uh, but I just think it makes too uh, too much sense there. August 4th will be the Enshrinees Gold Jacket Dinner. August 5th, the class of 2023 enshrinement, including Joe Thomas. And then, of course, also the Concert for Legends featuring uh, the Zach Brown Band. So that is the schedule for Joe Thomas's uh, enshrinement into the Hall of Fame. And we have his Hall of Fame number, too. He is number 369. That will be the number that gets etched into his gold jacket and included on his Hall of Fame ring. Joe Thomas, professional football, Hall of Famer, number 369. Somebody, and I can't remember who it was yesterday that was on our show, said that when they made the announcement that Joe had made the Hall of Fames, they should have just showed video of him fishing. Yeah. Going back to him. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been great? You know what? Um, I remember, at, uh, you know, when Joe was hosting the Cleveland Sports Awards a couple weeks ago, he was asked about that. You know, hey, are you actually going to go to the ceremony this time or are you going to go fishing? Uh, and he he kind of made it he, he kind of made a joke about that he doesn't have the fishing report for August, uh, oh, okay. so it's still to be determined. Of course he's going to be there, but uh, you know uh, Jones uh, Joe's only uh, brand of sense of humor there. But um, yeah, he his uh, his work ethic, his approach, his his persona. Um, his reliability, his durability, his professionalism, his resiliency. My God, oh, oh man, he he might be one of the most resilient Browns I've I've ever been around. Um, I really expand on that. What do you What do you mean by resilient? The bleep that he dealt with while he was here. Not only Both. physical, but mental and everything yeah, that was the, going the, on. The physical injuries that he played through. The mental toll of losing every year, and 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 we're not talking like heartbreak. We're just talking like just the team getting its ass kicked every year. You know, twenty quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, by the way, twenty starting quarterbacks he blocked for an NFL record for a single player 
on one given team. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the constant turmoil, the coaching staff, six head coaches, six coordinators, seven general managers, two owners, like it's a three ring circus at times. And the thing that always stands out to me as somebody who complains about everything, um, is that Joe never did. He, 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 I never saw him lose his, his cool. Um, there were weeks in those four and 12 and five and 11 seasons that there'd be nobody in the locker room to talk to, but Joe was there and we talked to him and we talked to him a lot. There were weeks where we talked to Joe like three times a week because there was nobody else to talk to. And he, and it's not like you were getting earth shattering information. It was just, it was a matter of having someone to be able to be a spokesman for a team, whether they won or they lost. Uh, Yeah. I just trying to find some content somewhere. And Joe always made himself available. And he and even on the days where it was tough to, you know, put out a a a good hopeful message, like he did. Like he was always optimistic. Um whether it was a quarterback change, a coaching change, a scheme change, teammate change. Um, he just he always was optimistic that the powers that be, and I wrote about this last night, were going to get it right, and they were going to build a contender here in Cleveland. He had every chance to leave, and he didn't. Peyton Manning called him in 2015 begging him, Joe, come to Denver. Help me win a Super Bowl. I need somebody to protect my blind side. And Joe said no. The Browns reportedly at the time were going to get a first and a second round pick. And, and I admit at the time, I was like, go, Joe, go. Not, not because of my lack of uh, – you know, respect quite the contrary because I wanted to see him go somewhere to succeed and be a winner instead of being stuck in what he was stuck with here with the Cleveland Browns. He deserved so much better from that organization on the field and off the field. Um, the stuff that he went through to make himself available. There were weeks where he did not practice uh, for a couple of days because he was getting treatment. You know, he he would take pills just so he could stand up and do media availability because his you know, back was spasming. He played. He played with knee injuries and in torn uh, ligaments and muscle strains and pulls. And if there was ever a dude that could take time off to rest and heal injuries and just decompress mentally because the team just sucked once again, it was Joe Thomas. Nobody would have begrudged him, but it mattered to him that he was out there every single game. Every single snap that to his core was the most important thing that he was reliable, that the team may suck. You have no idea who's starting anywhere else on the field, but darn it. You're going to know that I'm out there week in and week out that, I mean, that's, and the other thing too, that I think I'd be remiss not to mention Andy, not only did he play through all these injuries, he played at a Hall of Fame caliber level. He was a pro bowler every single year. He was the absolute best at his position while playing hurt. And on crappy teams. I have more to talk about this. Let's talk a little bit more about Joe uh, Joe Thomas as we find out that he is officially going into the Hall of Fame, and it's been quite some time. I mean, I know Max Speedy got in, but um, for this generation, it's a first. You know, for the post-'99 
generation. It is a big, big, big deal. It's a big deal for him. It's a big deal for the organization. It's a big deal for the fans to be able to latch on and know that that building in Canton uh, has a special purpose for other members of the Cleveland Browns. All right, so we will talk more about uh, what's going on with Joe Thomas, and we also want to talk about the Hall of Fame game. And uh, Daryl also wants to talk a little bit more about uh, something the Browns did not get right when it comes to the Hall of Fame. It's always game day in Cleveland. Back after this. It's the Joe Thomas Hall of Fame edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin. Mobile sports betting finally legal here in the state of Ohio. BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. See all today's best bets by heading to BetQL.com or downloading the BetQL app and claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for exclusive sports book offers. And the bet that we're going to place... Browns and Jets in the Hall of Fame game. Are those the two teams that the NFL uh, is going to select? Now, uh, the Browns and Jets are scheduled to play this fall in the regular season, but there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, regular season opponents playing in the preseason, Andy. So that, that's who I'm picking. I, I think it's going to be Browns versus Jets. Has that uh, happened before? I'm not. I'm not I, yes, you... it, it, happened, it happens a lot, actually. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, so and then the uh, other thing is the Browns get one. So anyone who plays in the Hall of Fame game plays one extra preseason game too, correct? Correct. Yes. That uh, changed it, what like two? Well, that changed last year or two years within the. No, it's been that way because it was five and four before. Oh yeah. Oh geez. Yeah, that means you used to, used to have to play a fifth preseason game. Yeah. It just so. shows how much no one cares about the preseason. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and, I do think, and Jeff and I have had this conversation before about the Hall of Fame game. Look, if they're going to go to eighteen games, and the commissioner talked about that, and we'll do that in the next show just because there's other stuff that we want to talk about today. but uh, And the commissioner talked about a lot of things uh, earlier this week uh, about rule changes and sites and all kinds of stuff. But if they go to 18 games, all every team should have at least one neutral site game. You still rotate the, the one home game between year after year uh, between conferences or however they want to do it so, so everyone can get an extra home game every two years. But in the other, in the odd years, what they should do is do a neutral site game. It's so easy. It's like Jeff and I were talking about this, and Jeff was like, I don't know how you can do that. And I was like, it's really simple. Yep. Start the season off in Canton. That is week one, the first game of the year oh, is in Canton. And and, 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 and and you move the Hall of Fame uh, ceremonies back to week one, too, just to coincide with that game. Uh, you know, or, or I'm sorry, you can do the Hall of Fame ceremony that like the Saturday or Sunday prior to week one, you know what I'm right. saying? Rather than doing it the other way around the way they do right. it now, you know, you just flip the schedule. But I mean, if you think I about it, I agree with you because that stadium yeah. has been completely rebuilt and by completely rebuilt, I mean like they tore the old one down and rebuilt Tom Benson hall of fame stadium on, on top of it. Uh, the old, the original Fawcett stadium. Um, there is that press room- box is as good as any NFL press. It, box. It, no that question. is an NFL press box. Yeah, That's the I mean. thing. Um, you know, and so they could easily expand, uh, do like temporary expansion, add some more seats for the game. Um, that's very doable with the way that that stadium's been built. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're, they could easily do that. And and I agree with you. Now that they have moved to, they're going to play more games in Germany, right. in overseas, in Mexico, um, neutral site is going to be something that every team is going to have to do on an annual basis at some point. At some point, they are, as you alluded to, Andy, they're going to go to an 18th game. The NFL is just too greedy not to do that. It's right. coming. Um, and it just it, it makes too much sense. And, and the other thing, too, 
the reason why I'd like to see the Hall of Fame game be a regular season game is because so the actual players on the teams play. Right. And and I'm not criticizing coaches. I, I You're going to see basically the entire Browns practice squad. Uh, you know, the guys that are competing for those jobs or the guys that you're not going to see the Browns starters. Maybe Kevin Stefanski puts Deshaun Watson in the starting offense and Miles Garrett in the starting defense on the field for like one series at, you know, as like a, 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 a token appearance type of thing, but you just, you can't risk guys getting hurt um, that early in the preseason. So, um, and I always kind of felt like, because coaches are protecting their players in that game, it, it kind of t- takes away from it a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I wish that the Hall of Fame game was a regular season, week one game, and again, you can do the enshrinement ceremony the week leading up to that Hall of Fame game. And, uh, hell, what if you made that your what, your second Thursday night kickoff game, Right. You have your Super Bowl champion play the quote prime time game, have kickoff at, at you know nine o'clock, uh, like you know like normal Monday Night Football, and play the Hall of Fame game at six p.m. on Monday, or I'm sorry, on Thursday to kick off the season. How about that, Andy? There you go. That's what we do here on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We solve the big problems for the National Football League. You are welcome, Roger Goodell. Well, like right off the top of my head. I mean, I just thought of 13 neutral site games that would be so – I mean, they're already doing it. It's like – so you do week one would be the Hall of Fame, and then you do uh, – I don't know. What was I looking at? Mexico City gets two. Give them two games, which I think use, they normally you, get. Use the now you're up to three. Stadiums in college football. Yeah, I mean, so have wouldn't it be great? LSU have the, the Browns and maybe uh, Bengals play at Ohio Stadium or something. Have, well, I don't you know, know that you're going to – are you giving Lions up an AMC North uh, game? Ann Arbor, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, have the Bears play at Notre Dame or something like there are. Th- I I just think I think that because neutral site is going to be such a a reality, right? Right. Uh, where you play that one. I'm not saying you're playing multiple. You're just playing one game a year on a neutral. One site. game a year, everybody's got neutral. Just, and by the way, you're probably going to have to go to Europe every other year too. Yeah, that's and coming too. I, I, yeah, I just think that it's the 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 perfect way to do that because you could sell more tickets in college stadiums than NFL oh, sure. stadiums. You can sell 30,000 more seats. And you don't think those college towns will want some tickets to go to those games too? And, you know, one of the things that stood out to me at Roger Goodell's uh, Super Bowl press conference this week, Andy, was when he was asked about Amazon and the audience related to Amazon, right? Because let's be honest about it, the numbers uh, for Amazon are not equivalent to the traditional over-the-air broadcaster or cable broadcaster, right? Right. And he said the goal with that, they understood the numbers were were going to be lower. They're thrilled with the with the numbers that Amazon drew for them. And but the most important thing was the attraction of the younger audience to the National Football League. And that um, I I forget the age uh, differential that he pointed, but he did. He was I, like he was ready for the question, uh, prepped well, knew the numbers. Um, but it was a difference in, 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 in audience demographic, younger demographic on Amazon streaming that game. And he said, that's important to us as a league. We want to attract that, that younger audience It's part of the reason we went to YouTube TV for NFL Sunday ticket 
uh, this fall. So um, I, I think that that is, uh, when you bring up neutral site, I think that that is something that the league really should look at. Get on college campuses. Those stadiums, a lot of them now, because of all this money in college football, have been rebuilt. Uh, or, you know, they are, uh, you know, up to, uh, you know, NFL caliber specifications. Hell, I'd argue some of these locker rooms are co in college are better than NFL locker rooms. So, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the facilities that are there, right. Weight rooms, some of like, so yeah, um, I, I, I'm with you. I, maybe that's a campaign we can kind of team up and, and really hammer together is let's get the hall of fame game to be a regular season game and, and, you know, the kickoff game. Uh, you know, for the season, maybe not for the Super Bowl champion, but that secondary game that they play on that Thursday night. It's funny. I was just thinking about other cities in the United States that probably <clears throat> could use, could easily handle at least one NFL game, San Antonio, uh, even Canada too, uh, Vancouver, Toronto. Um, well, San Antonio built that dome, the, the Alamo dome, the yeah, Spurs, it's gigantic. Played, yeah. the, the Spurs played in it. And the whole reason they built it was with <laughs> to try to attract uh, the hope to uh, lure an NFL team. And it, it's never happened. Um, uh, the NFL has thought that market is, is, is too small. Uh, certainly the Spurs have proven that you can be successful in that market. They've won, you know, all those championships with and it's still easier to fill 25, I, 30, I, I, I get it, but I mean, they, they had, I think it was like sixty-five thousand the the other night for uh, they they had the Spurs play back at the Alamo Dome, and they they drew sixty-five thousand. Now it looked like you're watching ants running up and down a little uh, piece of paper there from your seat, but yeah. um, still, uh, I think it is a good market. But yeah, I mean, um, Memphis, Portland. I was thinking of other cities that probably could handle. Yeah, one Memphis, game a year. Memphis doesn't have the stadium. Who doesn't? Memphis doesn't have a stadium. Their stadium sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, obviously, St. Louis would probably. But guess what? This is how the NFL expands the stadium game. Yeah. Hey, you want us to come to your town to play? Well, you got to renovate your stadiums. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, hmm. All right, let's do this. We'll take a quick time out. We got a lot more to talk about. I, I want to talk about NFL. I, I want to talk about uh, Joe Thomas being in, but another name that didn't. Uh, get a lot of run from the Browns that probably should. And we'll talk about that when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. If you want to be a part of the show, hit us up on social media. We are The mailbag is open right now. So if you want to jump something in there, knock yourself out on social media, on Instagram at game day CLE or on Twitter at the same at game day CLE. All right, Daryl, let's talk a little bit about the week, By the way, we will do a mail. We will do a mailbag po podcast next week. That okay. Mailbag next week. All right, Daryl, let's talk about the NFL honors. Your thoughts on the entire show. Yeah, well, the show sucked, uh, but Demar you know, Hamlin was pretty cool. That's I, yeah, I mean, I was, that, was, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I was getting, I was gonna get get to that. Yeah. Uh, the the tradition of the Browns getting dunked on in the opening monologues is getting old. Like, oh, I missed the beginning of the show. What happened? I missed. Here's it. here's the thing: if you're gonna tell a Browns joke, make it a good Browns joke. So Kelly Clarkson just basically said, "Ah, oh, you know the uh, actually, I'm gonna pull up the actual uh, quote because I did, I transcribed it." Because it, it, yeah, yeah, it just it wasn't good. Um, she goes, it's it was a crazy season. Thankfully, the Browns restored order to the universe by doing a bunch of dumb brown stuff. So that happened. So here's the thing: if you she get a said crack, dumb brown stuff, yes, it's like look, if you're gonna crack a joke about the Browns sucking, and it, like 
make it good. Be like, yeah. hey, you know, the Kelsey brothers are playing. They're from Cleveland. And hey, that's the closest that city's gotten to a Super Bowl. Like, do something like that. At now, least that would have been good. Yeah. Right. That that's a little semi funny. It's biting. It's somewhat mean. It's also very true. But, like, yeah. Um, but I. I will say, as a cowboy, as a cowboy fan that she is, um, she dunked on them pretty hard too. Um, well, that dress she was wearing it was the, kind the dress, of a dunk on yeah. them too. Well, that was so goofy. I don't know, like. Yeah, uh, who thought that made, was a good idea? Yeah, she made the joke. She made the joke about how she didn't realize as a Cowboys fan that you played playoff games beyond the divisional round. Uh, she made a joke about the missed extra points uh, wow. and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, just like it's just it's getting old the 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 browns joke the the obligatory browns suck joke uh in the opening monologue uh the most beautiful moment you mentioned it uh on the it got dusty in my office last night uh seeing demar hamlin come out um at hugging uh all the first responders that took care of him as they called it team demar i i thought that that was just such a beautiful moment i love the walter payton man of the year um segment that they do every year i like the I, I love that the commissioner brought all 32 guys out joel batonio was the browns walter payton man of the year uh on uh nominee this year joe thomas hall of famer joe thomas was the cleveland browns walter payton man of the year three times in his career he was a finalist for that award uh in 2012 um so the, the that part and yeah, then a thing that was cool thomas, I, uh, the, the other part, sorry, just, announced for the Hall of Fame in, in the class of 2023. The fact that you know he was the first name called, there was no suspense. Yeah, uh, you know, I I didn't have to wait for the other five guys and then Joe to be the last. Like he was the first one out. It was great. Uh, but yeah, um, other than that, like uh, the, running back of the year, I thought the fact they changed the name of the trophy, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, the Jim Brown the, award. The Jim, the Jim Brown award now go will be going to the NFL's leading rusher. So Kevin Stefanski, can we get Nick Chubb the Jim Brown award? Can we make that happen? Can we, can we make that happen? I was hoping to see him last night. Uh, Jim, uh, who, uh, who Jim Brown. Let me tell you what was the hokiest thing. Was that stupid? No, 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 not Jim. Just Chubb. I would have liked to have seen Chubb get an award. Um, The, the hokey grinder run award with a guy from, Get up! Oh, uh, Kyle Brandt, the angry yeah, Kyle runs, it, it, where he was yelling and screaming up and down the aisle with the angry runs award. Uh, How like, did people not get, not, not get uh, a nomination for that? I know. He's, I thought the same thing. He's like one of the angry, angriest runners. He leads the world in yards after contact, I and just, he's thrown guy. Like he's disposed of guys with one hand. I don't know. I, yeah. I, you know what was weird was I was when I was watching. I was like, okay, this is kind of funny. This is will be all right. But nobody in the crowd like had any kind of reaction. They were like, "What? What is this? This is they weird." They had no idea. It's because they didn't know how to react to it. Yeah, they had no idea how to react to it. I agree with you. That's why I thought it came off as hokey. If yeah. the if the crowd would have been into it, then I think I would have been like, "Oh, this is pretty awesome." But it just I it didn't honest, work. Danny, the whole damn show's hokey. All of those shows are hokey. They're all hokey. It really is. The, like the Emmys, they, the Grammys. They, yeah, I mean, tried, that's what they've tried to do. They've tried to create their own Emmy Awards or their own Grammy Awards or whatever. Well, that's what I like. The ESPYs to me are the goofiest thing ever. The ESPYs yeah. are the thing that take up the deadest day in sports, right? Yeah. yeah like, absolutely. oh, there's nothing going on today. Oh, let's do the ESPYs today. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? Any anytime a Cleveland athlete or a team is up for an award, I am happy because it allows me to fill some content. <laughs> 
I'll buy what you're selling. All right, uh, let's just talk, because I know you've teased it a couple times. You said the Browns did something right, but they've also did something wrong along the way here. What do you got? Yeah, you know, I, I got to take them to task. Uh, they really dropped the ball with Clay Matthews Jr.'s candidacy. Um, and the thought popped into my head because I saw everything that they were doing, like on social media and stuff leading up to Joe Thomas going into the Hall of Fame. And this had, and I want to make this very, very clear. This has nothing to do with Joe. Okay. My point that I'm trying, that I want to make is I wish they would have done the same thing for Clay. Uh, but this is what happens when you get rid of your alumni department. The, uh, this is what happens when you have people in that building who don't really know the history of the team um, and, and, and know the people behind the history of the team beyond Jim Brown. And I mean that as respectfully as possible, but I do mean that a lot. Um, they should have gone all out to get Clay Matthews Jr. into the Hall of Fame. Now, it's nice that they did put him in the Ring of Honor. He is the only Browns Hall of Famer to be in the Ring of Honor at First Energy Stadium. Up until his induction a couple years ago, the Ring of Honor was saved exclusively for Cleveland Browns Hall of Famers. And Joe Thomas, his name will be going up there very, very soon. But I'm just extremely disappointed that the Browns failed spectacularly to put together a campaign to reach out to Hall of Fame voters during the ballot during the selection process uh, leading up to the, the the final votes and stuff like that to advance him to, you know, more times to be a semifinalist, advance him to being a finalist more times, and then ultimately to get him into the Hall of Fame. I, I just, it's extremely disappointing that the organization did not do more to get to make that happen. A again, what they did for Joe was beautiful, and it was absolutely the right thing to do. It was awesome. Oh, my God, like the, the logo they came up with for Joe for the Hall of Fame is amazing, but I wish they would have done the same, if not more, for Clay Matthews Jr., and the reason they didn't is because you have people in that building that don't get it, that don't get the people involved with the history of the Cleveland Browns beyond the headline names. So Steve Dorschick has a really good story in the Canton Repository. He's a longtime beat writer in case um, you're from Northeast Ohio and you, you maybe don't read the Canton stuff. Hang on a second. <coughs> Sorry. Um, and, he, you know, I think the thing that – because I got a couple texts on this last night trying to figure out, you know, how – one, you know, why isn't Clay in? And, um, you know, you look at the class last night. Zach Thomas is in, and he's not. And I, that was the, like, I got four texts as soon as they saw him get in. They're like, how is he in and Clay Matthews isn't? And I, I think there's something that Dorschek did in his story that gave me the reason to believe that Clay can get in. And it's got to be people of influence to start saying he needs to be in. And I hate to say it, but the biggest guy that probably could do it is Bill Cower, because Cower had said Matthews is an obvious Hall of Famer. And then Joe DeLamalore, Joe D is also on that bandwagon. He just needs louder voices to start saying, "If it, look, if his own franchise isn't going to do anything for you, then you better hope that some of your former teammates and some of the voices of the NFL are going to start. So, I mean, well, that, great. It, it, Bill Cower got out there every week and said, hey, I don't understand why Clay Matthews isn't in the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Let's get him in the Hall of Fame. Like, we need Bill to start, you know, be a champion for that cause because it doesn't, you know, I understand why the Browns did what they did for Joe. That's fine. I No problem. I thought it was great. Um, but at some point, you know, 
other than Clay's daughter saying, why is my dad not in the Hall of Fame, which is 100% right. She's right. Yeah. I mean, again, it's this isn't this isn't the Baseball Hall of Fame, okay, where, you know, you got stodgy, stingy, uh, used to be all old ba- baseball writers, and I know that that scene has changed, so that's good. But, it, like, I don't know how you can have a year where you don't put someone in the Hall of Fame like baseball did. Yeah. So because everyone's angry about what steroids or something, guess what? There's been it's very, it's very, it's very uppity sanctimonious club. But let me say this real quick. Sure. It it would every year the Browns have an alumni weekend, and it would have taken zero effort to have for the you know the Browns to have their multimedia teams, which are by the way phenomenal. You know, get sound bites from Clay's teammates. And post those sound bites to social media. Can't openly campaigning to get Clay Matthews into them. like the campaign to do would have taken very little effort. They've got a, a great graphics artists and stuff like that that work for the organization. If you you know obviously uh, I, I'm assuming Browns fans follow the, the team's social media accounts. Uh, the content that they post is is, is fantastic. Uh, right. When you talk about the the audio and visuals, like it what it it's it would not have been hard for them to do. It's not hard for them to do, and I just I'm really disappointed that the the franchise did not do more for Clay. I'm with you. All right, let's get Clay in next time. Rather than looking back and being mad, let's look forward and try to get him in. So maybe we'll start every it's the game day in Cleveland with saying Clay Matthews should be in the Hall of Fame. How's that sound? We'll Love do it. our part. No Love special guest today. This wasn't. I mean, we didn't have any special guests today, so kind of a bummer. We didn't have Joe Thomas's. Uh, uh fishing coach <laughs> oh that would have been good that would have been really good breaking down such thing as a fishing coach i'm sure there is yeah guides that's what a guide is he's daryl Ryder. i'm andy baskin for our producer meredith kane thank you very much meredith we appreciate you uh we are back next tuesday morning with our next drop for it's always game day in cleveland thanks for listening and remember it's always game day in cleveland